Andy Packler is currently an assistant basketball coach at Shadyside Academy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Andy has been coaching basketball of all ages for over 15 years, and in this conversation, we dive into some of our experiences together, as well as his experiences on the coaching staff of winning multiple championships. This is a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. As always, this episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With six different models to choose, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JG25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. Okay, Andy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so as you as you guys heard, pre-recorded intro, Andy and I go way back, way back to the 05 days. Andy was my first ever basketball coach, tribal basketball coach. Um, so it's an honor to have him on and, and hear about his experiences and how far he's grown since coaching me at basketball. But um, Andy, yeah, so was that your first bas- like coaching experience back with the JC or were you doing stuff before I, you know what? I, I had done some some little stuff before that, but yeah. I just moved back to Pittsburgh after college around 2005, and the first thing I did was was start coaching a uh, youth travel team. So That's right. Yeah, the first head coaching gig. College, yeah, well, actually, when I was in college, I, I, I cold-walked into the front door of the Jewish Community Center in Wilmington, Delaware, because I went to the University of Delaware. That's right. And you you played there, right? Home. I played as a freshman. I was like a walk-on manager yeah. type position and then mm. um the coach there mike bray who's now at notre dame he left oh, wow. the notre dame job <laughs> i didn't realize that was a new yeah. they brought in a new coach and um sort of all the walk-on you know positions and manager positions uh recycled into new people and you know it, was, it just became a new program so yeah but uh, i had some really cool experiences with coach bray there's no, no doubt but um when i was a sophomore and my playing days were starting to end i walked into the jewish community center in wilmington delaware I walked right into the gym. Mm. I walked right into the office in the gym, and I just said, "Here's who I am. Here's what I've done. Here's what I love to do. And can I help out in any way?" And shortly thereafter, um, I was running clinic, their basketball clinic, um, yeah. on Saturdays as a you know 19, 20 year old college student. I had complete command of the gym. We had you know 150 kids, and I mean it was it was cool. And then that summer, I stayed at Delaware. Um, through the summer, and I ended up coaching their 13 and 14 year old Maccabi team, which was okay. really cool. Yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. sort for, of my first like real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, Maccabi is just like, uh, for lack of better terms, Jewish Olympics. Between these ones were between all the Jewish community centers, you know, who decided to compete, put together a basketball team. But still a big deal. And at the time, it was even a bigger deal. Now it's kind of died off. But I'm sure at the time it was it was pretty big. Well, and as you know, like I, you know, we grew up in Pittsburgh playing in those types of events, and one of the yeah. cool things about it was that um, we drew the Wilmington team drew the Pittsburgh team as oh, that's our, cool. you know pool pool play games. Right. And so, um, you know, I was I was just a young buck, but I had a chance to coach against a guy that had coached me, um, and uh, so that was a really cool experience um, yeah. at such a young age. I mean, they whooped us pretty good, but right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Dude, I did not realize that Mike Bray was was your coach for a year. What was that like? What was he like as a as a I guess so a young coach really at that cool. time? He he was young, but he was very established at Delaware at the time. They had just come off of an NCAA tournament uh, appearance where they lost in the first round to Tennessee, I believe, and uh, that was when I was a senior at Alderdice. 
And mm. so I, um, you know, I didn't have a chance to like, you know, have a scholarship situation or anything like that at Delaware. Um, you know, it's a big Division One A school, and so I knew I'd have to like really um, network my way into the program. And so that's what I started yeah. doing. So as a senior at Aldergeist, I started uh, email had sort of just come out. <laughs> um, right, right. That's right. Yeah. I started. I started emailing yeah. um, the assistant coach uh, Sean Carney. I started emailing Mike Bray, and I just started this rapport with them when I was a senior at Allardyce. And you know, um, he was nice enough and grounded enough to reach out to me and you know let me know sort of what the situation was, what the numbers were at Delaware as far as walk-ons. Um, you know, and they were real honest. They were like, you know, we have X amount of space, we have X amount of walk-ons already. You know, here's what you're looking at, and I just said, I, I really don't care. I mean, whatever it is, I want to be involved. I want to do it. I want to try it. And uh, so the first thing I did was my first week at the University of Delaware as a freshman on campus. I jumped on my bike, and I rode from my freshman dorm down to the arena. And I met Mike Bray outside the arena, and he walked me into uh, the Bob Carpenter Center. And we went right into the basketball office, and we went right into his private office. And I sat That's in awesome. front of him in front of his desk. He sat behind his desk. I sat in the two chairs you know, on the other side. And yeah. we just talked about, you know, what opportunities would be available for someone like me who is really just looking to be involved. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting because I think that's where I got my mentality of just wanting to be involved, which right. is sort of how I jumped into coaching right after that mm. is, you know, I just want to be around. I want to help, you know. Um, and so that's where that came from. But one of the cool things I really remember was, you know, Mike Bray was an assistant at Duke before uh, Delaware. So I didn't realize he that. Had, um, he had uh, national championship nets in the office. He had That's cool. of him and Grant Hill, him and Bobby Hurley, mm. and Christian Leitner. Right. So for, you know, a, an 18-year-old, like I was I was really blown away. Um, and I had some cool other cool experiences, too. I was, I was at, um, at uh, the University of Maryland taking a visit as well. Mm. trying to walk on on that program as well. Was, that, was Gary Williams there at the time? He was. It was Gary Williams. Yeah. And, oh, so that, that was like the Steve Francis, Steve Blake era, right? It, when I was a sophomore at, at Delaware, they, they won the national title with uh, right. Steve Blake and Steve Francis. So, and I remember, like, you know, sitting in my dorm room being like, wow, if I had just made a different decision and, you know, gone to Maryland and maybe tried to yeah. walk on there, like, wow, I could be a national champ. But I let all that go pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, like, Chris Wilcox was on that team, I think, too. Yep. Yep. My my oldest brother went to Maryland, so that's how we were. We were big. Me and Dewey were big Maryland fans at the time. So um, that's awesome, man. Sure. That's awesome. So I, I became a huge Maryland fan. I really wanted it to work out. That was my first school that I wanted to go to. Um, a couple things fell through, and I ended up literally going, you know, an hour up the road to Delaware. So that's right. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So. You came back to Pittsburgh, coached fifth grade travel basketball team. From what I remember, we were pretty good, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But then you went to, then you went to Alderdice, right? A prominent, you know, I guess city league, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh city I league did. school. And no, I did. You, you had a, you had a pretty good team there. I mean, what was, what was the, the big thing I'm curious of, of you, of asking you is like, you know, what's the, what was the difference between that team and then, and I guess the era that they were playing in, cause they were playing against Dewan Blair and all those guys at Shenley and then. The, the, the four state champions, or those four back-to-back-to-back, whatever it was, city championships you had recently with Alderdice, you know, what was what was the difference in the players and, and style, and, you know, how has is, how is the high school basketball player, high school athlete changed that you've seen in, in your years it's of coaching? That's a really good question. Well, there's a lot of ways to answer that. There's a lot of different, yeah. you know, 
different levels to that question. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, when I when I got back to Pittsburgh, the first thing I did was coach travel basketball for, for you know youth basketball just for fun. And you know, honestly, Jesse, I mean, it's been how long? I don't forget any of those moments. I remember being on the road with you guys. I remember going into different gyms with you guys. I remember um, yeah. coaching you up and. Um, you know, and that sort of thing. And I also remember, you know, the parents were real happy, the kids were mm-hmm. happy, everyone had a good time. And so, you know, for me, you know, I never forget that. Um, you know, wait, so sorry, to interrupt. you know, you know, one of my like ingrained memories was, and this was like my first intro to like, the more I think about it, the, my first intro to coaching and like, how to kind of get players to understand and accept the role. But it was like, we had our starting five. And then like, I remember talking to you about it, I was like, like Andy, like you always, you always do the same sub padding. Like you have the starting five. Like I'm always the six man off the bench, and you were like, and then like I don't, I forget the exact answer, but like yeah, that's the way it is. And I was like, and then like the more I think about it, coaching, I'm like, man, he was so good at getting guys to understand a role and like buy in and stuff. I was like, yeah, that was awesome. I, I mean, that was such a young age too. But even you know, even when you coached coached me in high school, you know, you had the the same kind of rotation, and and you got really you know to sidetrack another new question is like, how'd you get, you know, what do you think you did to get guys to buy into your philosophy and your system? And, you know, get, you really put people in a position to succeed and you, you each you assigned a role to each person and made sure they kind of, you know, went with that and only that. Yeah. I mean, I think that I approach the game from a player's perspective, first and foremost, because I'm an ex player. And so, you know, early on in my coaching career, I was I was coaching as if I was still playing the game. And so, you know, I understood, you know, um, the idea of role players because I had been a role player. I had been a starter. I had just been in all the different levels right. um, on, on a team. And, you know, I just sort of I've always been, you know, big on guys just understanding their roles. And, you know, your role may not be the same as another guy's role, but like we're all here. We're all doing this together no matter what it is. Um, I still deal with those exact conversations today, as I'm sure mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's going to be something that's a part of youth, you know, youth sports forever. Just getting kids to understand uh, their role on a team. Um, you know, your generation of kids understands it a lot better than the new era of, of athlete. Um, you know, everybody wants everything right away, and right. that's something that we have to contend with as coaches. Um, you know. Aside from that is the whole birth of the AAU organizations, uh, which has really changed the high school basketball game um, totally. So you have kids that are out there playing AAU all spring and all summer. Right. They come back to their school and they feel entitled. You know, mm-hmm. they feel, well, listen, I put the work in. You know, I played all spring. I played all summer. And so it's harder to get those kids to understand, well, you're still not a starter. You're still not top seven. You're still not top eight, whatever right. it is. Um and at the high school level, you know, there's there's an element of dealing with parents as well. And so mm. you, know, you have to explain that to parents. And, um, you know, it's not always easy conversations. But uh, you know, that was something that I really refined um, as the JV coach at Alder Dice Because, right. um, you know, when I was at Dice, I was the, the, uh, the head JV coach for eight seasons. And yeah. during those eight seasons, we unfortunately had to cut or really, you know, get rid of a lot of different kids. And, you know, um, in this day and age, they want to know why, you know, right, what did right. I do? What can I do? You know, um, I, but I played AAU all summer, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it doesn't change the mentality of, you know, guys have to understand their roles, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, without jumping too far ahead, yeah. I mean, even this season on a team that won a championship, we, 
deal. We had guys that were upset, wanted more people, wanted more pizza. Right. They wanted to be a bigger part of it. Great. But in the end, they got that gold medal. You know, they got their picture in the paper. They're going to go down as a champion. Right. Ever, and, uh, you know, that's what I keep preaching. So. What, do, what do you think the best high school athletes that you've coached, like what are some of the intangibles that they all have had, or the similarities, I guess, going from, you know, the, the Twins at Dice to the Jackson Blaufields and – the Marcus Robinsons and you know all those guys. What are what are some of the intangibles? Yeah, first of all, it's been it's that's why I do it. All those names that you just mentioned, um, mm-hmm. you know, guys like you, guys, you know, like Marcus and guys like you know. Tim ah, you Jones can't put Jones. you can't put me in that category. Well, but I'm just, of course, but um, yeah, no but uh, you're right. No, you know, but just as far as like why I do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you know, certainly guys like Jackson Blofeld and Bobby Clifford and. and certainly like that I mean I think the key thing is is that they're obsessed with the game like there's mm. nothing else in life except the game and that part I can understand because when I was in high school like I made myself obsessed with the game of basketball I mean I would literally think of situations that I would be in you know when I was working on my game I would mentally have you know I would say okay you know you're bringing the ball up against the 90 foot press you know you got mm-hmm. division one player from Perry guarding you you know don't get ripped don't get ripped and right so I would just like pound myself and just became obsessed with it and I think that that's the one thing that everybody has in common that that um that you just mentioned is that you know they were obsessed with the game of basketball some of those guys uh, specifically the Jacksons were like you know primarily football players but if you right. ask them you know basketball was where they really put themselves on the map to be remembered and uh and they you know became obsessed with it and you know they, they were football players but towards the end you know james jackson was getting division one basketball offers so right um, you know it just shows you he was obsessed with it but you know one of the guys that you mentioned is the all-time greatest that i've ever coached against you know it's dewan Blair. Yeah, um, yeah you know he was just absolutely unstoppable as a high school kid he had the body he had the sweat, mm-hmm. he had the attitude, he had the posse around him that all yeah, yeah. the swag. Um, and you know what? Uh, we played them twice that year, um, you know, when he was a when he was a junior. And uh, the first game up at Shenley, we lost by five. And that was the closest that anybody had ever come yeah. to, you know, even, even even coming close to them. And we had great players. We had Marcus Robinson, we had mm-hmm. Brad Ronco, both thousand point scorers in their own right. right. And, you know, without that Shenley team that year, you know, those guys would have gone down as legends and, and probably mm. city champs for, for a couple right. of years. Uh, it just, we ran across a team in Shenley that... <laughs> one of the greatest of all PIAA teams of, of all time, yeah. And That's I, crazy. And I, and I love that I was a part of that. I love that yeah. they beat me twice. I love that, um, you know, I remember game planning for those guys. And, you know, one of the funny things we were talking about, you know, not the one you have to watch it's not the one you know it's dj you have to he's the guy yeah. he's the guy and then you know after the first game it was uh it's not the one or dj you know those aren't the guy the real guy is this cane kid that's coming off right the right he's a guy that comes in and is a real spark and he's only in 10th grade blah, blah blah and then here i am you know 20 years later i'm looking back at it you know you have nba players all three you know, yeah high level you know major college players uh Tons of success, so um, I appreciate <laughs> that's awesome. You're a right, lot, a lot. How, how have you seen your like coaching philosophy and coaching style change throughout throughout the years? And obviously, your role has changed from being a head coach to high school to an assistant. But either way, you're still winning championships. Uh, 
you know, as a, as a coach, so, you know, have you seen your philosophy change over the years? My philosophy has changed a lot. You know, when I, when I was younger, and I like to say, like, in my early 20s, you know, as yeah. I mentioned, like, I still coach the game as a player. And so right. the intensity as a player was still there. You know, I would bark at referees. I'd yell at, you know, yell different things out on the floor and, you know, um, and just try to motivate kids in that way. But, again, that was like a player's mentality. And, you know, when I got to Alderdice, I really learned how to be an assistant coach to mm-hmm. a head coach, you know, who was Buddy Walensky. And he was, right. you, know, um, you know, one of the best coaches in the city, um, you know, then and now. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really had to adjust myself. I'm like, okay, how can I help this guy? Like, at first, early on, it was about player development. It was, you know, I can jump on the floor, I can put my shoes on, I can get out there, I can run plays with them, I can run offenses with them. I can simulate defenses with them. And then the older I got, you know, um, you know, like when I was in my early 30s, I had an Achilles tear. So that sort of ended yeah, that's my, right. Yeah. Uh, my, my playing days. But, you know, yeah. then I launched full blown into a coach's perspective, a coach's mentality. Um, I started to see the game from a strategic standpoint and not from right. a player's perspective. And I think that's where I was able to, like, you know, become a very good assistant coach. Um, right. You know, an assistant coach that can think two or three steps ahead of the head coach because, you know, when the head is out there, you know, managing a game, there is so much that's going on. And I know that, from, you know, from being a head. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can sometimes get, get, you can lose the details, you know, and, and I just mm-hmm. always think it's important that an assistant coach has those details and is thinking about those details, you know, and says, like, Hey, we have one. You know, we have two fouls to give. There's a minute left. Like, go for a hard right. steal. You know, these are strategic things that you know I never thought about as a player. But you know, in my years as coaching, um, I realized that uh, you know strategy is, is just as important. Um, you know, one of the big things I added. Um, and this is not a big deal, but you know, as you get into the state playoff games, you know, they have media timeouts, and so right. That's right. Started to do was say like you know. Coach, don't waste a timeout. You're going to get a media timeout yeah. in four minutes, you know. And, right. Um, okay, let's get to four minutes and we'll get our timeout, you know. And, yeah. Uh, so all, all roles are being an assistant, right? Yeah. That? Said all roles are being assistant, just kind of make, trying to make yeah. the, the head coach's life easier, right? Trying to make his life easier, trying to take care of some subbing. You know, if you have a kid that has a foul, you know, that's one of your star players and there's a minute left in the first quarter, you know, bring the kid out. You know, right. bring the kid out. Make sure he doesn't get his second foul going into the second quarter. You need this kid for four quarters. So, yeah. again, like, I never saw the game that way. Until Interesting, right. How do, how do you build tr- – how do you, or I guess, earn earn the trust of a head coach as an assistant? You know, what are some of the things you do? Because I, th- I think a lot of times, too, especially as the higher levels you go, you know, head coaches, like, get their way. So it's tough to kind of come in and – you know, I've I've learned it just from being an assistant, but I want to hear from you too. It's like, you know, what are some ways to to earn that trust of the head coach to start giving you those responsibilities, like subbing and kind of maybe running practices, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, I think the biggest thing that I've done with the head coaches that I've worked under is right away, like I've shown them serious commitment to their program. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're at the high school level, you know, you can have some people on your staff that unfortunately aren't all. You know, whether right. they do this or do that on the side or, you know. Or maybe they're trying to, like, undermine you a little bit. and Sure, or mostly, you know, yeah. most are career educators, you know. And so, right. you know, they come from teaching class all day down to the basketball mm-hmm. court. Whereas, you know, whereas I come and I'm all basketball the entire time. 
Um, I hate right. to miss a practice. I hate to miss a shoot around. I hate to miss anything. And so I think mm-hmm. like at Alderdice, the very first thing that jumped out to our head coach at the time was my commitment was that I'm going to be there every single day. Um, and, you know, if you want to talk, I'm here to talk. If you want to, you know, uh, yell, I'm here to yell. If you want to assess players, let's assess players. If you want right. to go through offenses, I'm your guy. And so, like, I really wanted to establish myself as, you know, somebody that I knew the head coaches could trust that was always going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. um, and was all in and totally committed. So. No, yeah, love that. Uh, so. Going through the state playoff run a couple of times with Alderdice, what was the difference? Or let's do this. Let's talk about the Shady Side team because I think the Shady Side team was the the team you most recently won with was a little bit different. Whereas you didn't necessarily have as talented of a roster, but still winning Whoopi Old champ, uh, Championship. So to get those kids to kind of again buy in and and figure out how to win, you know, what were some of the things you and the head coach did? each day, each week to try to, you know, to really make them believe that, that they can win. Because winning is tough, right? Contrary to popular belief, winning is very hard. And winning at the right moments is even harder. So, how, you know, how do you, how do you get all those guys to... To, to, add to, to, that, to, Jesse, yeah. to to add to that, you can win and people still aren't happy. You right. Know? And, and that's, you know, just part of our society these days. Is, you, mm. know, you can win, you can get to the top of the mountain, and people are still upset or whatever. Right. Really. So... Um, but uh, no, the head coach, you know, the head coach Dave Badness and I, you know, um, have a fantastic relationship. Um, he trusted me to bring me into Shadyside Academy um, when there was not an available coaching position, you know. And I had come to him and I had asked him, you know, hey, like, do you think this is something we might be able to look into? Maybe add me, you know, um, mm-hmm. if you think we can. And you know, and, and his enthusiasm for that. Um, yes, absolutely. Coming off the years at Alderdice, I think it would be a great fit. You know, whatever you can bring is going to be a lot more than, you know, um, than what we've had. And so um, he and I jumped on that relationship right away. Um, you know, when it comes to actually getting that team to win a Whitfield, uh, it was a real group effort as far as the staff. Um, you know, we had, and I think that this is true in, with any championship team. There's a lot of ebbs and flows throughout the season. Right. There's a lot of highs. There's a lot of lows. And, you know, there were points in that in the season where, you know, guys were, were questioning, you know, the process. And guys were saying, like, you know, why are we running this? Why are we doing that? Why aren't we, mm-hmm. why aren't we doing um, – you know, and, and the coaching staff just stuck together. Trust the process, fellas. And, you know, okay. I've seen enough high school basketball that I know – the product that's out in front of me, and I always knew with the Shady Side team that this year we could win the whole thing. I just right. always knew. You know, this was my third year there, and even my first year coming in, looking two years down the line. Oh, right. this kid's going to be a senior. This kid's going to be a junior. This kid's right. going to be, and you know, this is the year. You know? mm. So, my biggest thing all year was trying to keep everyone together. Um, I established amazing relationships with each kid individually, um, which is something that I really pride myself on right. anywhere I go. Um, you know, and when kids would have issues, whether it was with you know our coaching style or if we dropped a big game, and you know, I mean, a lot of kids think to win a title you have to go undefeated. Well, that's just not mm-hmm. true. You know, right? You can, you can suffer some bad losses and really take some key lessons from that. And so, just got to pick at the right time. Do, yeah. And yeah. that's what I tried to do with the Shady Side team was just keep them on mm-hmm. track, 
from you know from my chair, from the assistant coach's chair. Um, I spent a lot of time talking with the kids individually um, about what our overall goal was. You know. Um, yeah. And we're you know and I and I would say we're going to do this like me and you and this kid and him and him we're going to do this you know. Um, mm. And so just stick with it. What's the difference between coaching public and private school, like urban public school kids and, and private school kids? What's the difference? There's a there's a huge difference. Um, yeah. There's a huge difference. I think that, you know, in coaching some, you know, in the city league, I think that people left me to my own devices, you know, so to speak, mm. like especially, you know, parents and staff and administrators. You know, they let us do our thing with their kids right. because they knew that it was positive. They knew that their kids were learning. They knew their kids right. were going to experience something great. And so they let us do our thing. You know, certainly mm. once you move over into the private school, you know, more people want their hands in the pot. More people have opinions. Um, and that's mm. okay because, you, right. know, um, you know, we're still able to get it done. But I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, um, one of the cool things I found is that, you know, kids from, say, Shadyside Academy are, in fact, just as hungry to win. Um, right. as kids from the city. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a good example of this is in the, in the uh, Whitfield playoffs this year, we ended up having to play Aliquippa. Okay? Yeah. Aliquippa, as you know, you know, um, tough, tough neighborhood, tough kids, tough school. Right. You know, multiple NFL players over the years. And I'm sitting yeah. here thinking, like, how am I going to get this group of Shadyside kids to, you know, really, like, go in and battle against Aliquippa? Yeah. And one of the hard things all week was, you know, they're tough, okay, but you guys are tough too. Now, you're not tough the same way that they're tough, okay, because of where you come from versus where, you know, the kids from Aliquippa, the way they were brought up. But, you know, your toughness is the same, okay? It doesn't come from the same place, but you want it just as bad as they do, you know? And so that was one of the big things. And so really our kids were really confident going into that game, you know? Yeah, that's interesting too because it's like even just going back to Alderdice, you know, we're the kids at Alderdice, I'm sure, you know, obviously brought up a little bit different. Their 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 home environment is going to be much different than the the home environment kids at Shady Side. So you know, I, you knew that going in, but it's like, was there still an adjustment period in how to work with the kids from Alderdice and how to work with the kids from Shady Side? You know, like how, how does that? How like were you a little bit more empathetic for the the Alderdice kids, knowing that? You know, they might have to take a bus home from work. You know, they don't have their parent coming to pick them up, like I'm sure a lot of the shady side kids did. Certainly that's not the case. You know, when I was at Alderdice, you know, I, I took kids on college visits because I wanted to yeah. make sure that they would go to college. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I would throw them in my car and we would go up. And, you know, I sat through um, admissions meetings with, with kids from Alderdice. I sat through um, financial aid meetings with kids from Alderdice. Right. You know, I would bring to take them up to for pizza after games or after practice and this and that um but there was definitely an adjustment with with Shadyside but you know in my third year here I I really feel like you know the kids are where we want them to be um, right as far as just you know um toughness you know and and not Mm -hmm. playing like you're like you're you know come from a white collar family playing with that scrappiness playing you know I always kept saying to the kids at Shadyside like we're not afraid to battle what what are you afraid to battle are you afraid to right. get grimy? Like, are you too good to get grimy? And so, yeah. those are things that I would say. And man, you're the best motivator. You always hype me up before <laughs> I, 
appreciate it. I, but I yeah. think that it helped them. I think that they were like, yeah. Coach Pack is like, like I, the way he thinks, like that's that's what I think that's going to help us a lot. You know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. What was I got? I got to know this. <laughs> when you coached me in high school, what was the dumbest thing you thought? Like when you're coaching, man, this kid's an idiot. Why? Like why do I? Why do I have him on the team? What, what was like the your like big question mark moment for me and there i'm sure there were a couple honestly jesse like there weren't that many moments that i can think about where we were just like yeah there's one that that you know we won one of the championships um and the other team hit a half court buzzer beater yeah um to win to win the game and cool. you were on the floor at that time and yeah said no bucket no bucket right, right, right. Ended up winning the championship but i remember you know the guys that were on the floor i remember just looked like total space cadets in that last play like yeah. you know how to guard how to defend so that you know it's not necessarily you personally but um i, well, I have a lot of good memories of you to yeah. be honest i mean you were one of the more athletic players that came through the jcc and plus we had a good group of guys that, that yeah were all yeah to basketball I truly believe that, you know, those teams that you were on could have competed in the, in the Whitfield, you know, um, That'd be, we had that, that, that was, that's the argument we always say, we, we, you know, we, cats and I always talk about, um, about the shady side teams. Cause obviously we had friends on, the, on that team. So we always say we, we would beat them, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> and actually my first year at the JCC, we scheduled Alderdice, um, at first. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. I mean, they beat us, but it was fun. Right. Just to, just yeah, to yeah. see where we stacked up. No, the championship was funny. Point two. There were to be fair to everybody. There were point two seconds left, so I think we all kind of knew. It was like, what are they gonna do? And then somehow this dude hits a half court hook shot from, and it like goes in. I was like, I was I was watching. I was like, no way, that's going in. And then it went in. I was like, what what just happened? But um. But it's funny because I look I look at that play and I think about how poorly of a job I did in setting up you guys on the defense. Yeah. Side. Um, and and I always think about that. You know, I was like, no, it's funny. Really I, funny. When I go back and watch that play, I'm like, Coach, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> hey, don't, don't forget, I think I went like one for four in the free throws in the last like 10 seconds that I could have put the game away, but I just chose big time. Um, but no, cool. So so as we wrap up, what, what's that? You and Cats and that whole group. Yeah. I really enjoyed coaching it. And I think one of the best things is that like a lot of the kids that I, you know, coach, I'm still friends with. And one right. of the things is, you know, when you play for me, you know, once we're done, like we're boys and yeah. know, I'm, I'm around, I'm here for you, um, you know, anything you might need, basketball related or not. And so I feel really good about like, you know, the, the kids that I've been around going all the way back to, you know, when you were in fifth grade, I still talk mm. to all those kids from that team right. that in fifth grade. Um, you know, I, I just talked to Marcus Robinson last week. That's you know, awesome. I talked to, you know, the Jackson twins, you know, right. like two or three times a month. You know, Jackson Blofeld and I, there's a constant text going back. Mm. Um, you know, the kids at Shadyside, Peter Kramer, Eli Teslovich, you know, those are, those guys have yeah. become my boys. And, and you know, um, that's so awesome. That, that's, that, that's one thing that I really hang What's all about? Is, is the relationships. Yeah. 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 So last question, who were, who were some of your biggest mentors? growing up coaching or even if they're not like direct mentors, you know, who are some of some of the big bigger coaches that you kinda try to at least style off of or, or learn or learn off of? Well, you know, it's funny. Like when I was at Alderdice, I didn't have the best coaches when I played there. 
Right. And so, you know, a lot of people talk about, I mean, I, I appreciate those guys. I respect those guys. And again, mm. I still keep in touch with my high school coaches from when I was in right. high um, awesome. And they have subsequently followed everything that I have done as an assistant coach. So that's been really cool. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, some of the early guys, um, you know, I always, I always respected a guy named Neil Topper who always helped me just keep my mind right. You know, when I was a player, he said to me one time, like, just go to the hoop. You know, just take it to the rack. See what happens. Yeah. You're either going to get fouled, right. you're going to score, something's going to happen. And I took the ball to the rack, and I got an N1, and I looked in the stands at Neil Topper, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he's a guy that, that was definitely a mentor for me. Um, you know, certainly Buddy Belinsky has had a mm. huge impact on my coaching career. Um, he's the guy that gave me an opportunity to coach at a high level. And, um, you know, I learned a lot of the X's and O's, you know, under him for the, the nine years that, that I worked under him. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot about how to run a program. Right. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time. It's been awesome reminiscing. So I'm sure I'll see you, see you again soon, my man. Two hours if you want to I know we could. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me.